Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. Our mission is to help fathers be present by sharing valuable ideas and concepts that will equip men to be the best father possible. Being a good father is hard work, but it is so vitally important. We believe that dads matter, and that's why this podcast is for you. So gear up, dads, and get ready. It's time to start climbing. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. Um, I'm George and I'm here with my dad, Steve, and uh, Brandon. We got the whole gang together. Brandon, Justin, and Dustin are also here with me finally. Uh, sorry I had to miss the last one. I was just crazy work travel, but we're back and I brought my dad with me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I just in this episode, we're going to kind of actually get into uh, the topic of divorce. But before we kind of got into that, we wanted to just uh, kick around a little bit, get an update from everyone, and then we'll uh, kind of have a little fireside chat here with with my dad. So, uh, Brandon, you, I, you had a really good story from something that just happened for you and your family recently. So why don't, why don't you lead with that? Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, went to my best friend's wedding. Uh, I was in the wedding, got to to see him get married with his longtime girlfriend, Yen. And uh, yeah, had a really good time. We did a lot of good sightseeing in, in D.C., um, got to see all the monuments and do the space uh, museums and all that stuff, which my kids, they're, they're huge fanatics of like NASA and all that stuff. So got to see all that and um, got into uh, Nashville just in time for our ICE event at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel. And so one of the cool things was we were going through it and we saw um, a family. And of course, my wife, not knowing a stranger in the world, she got, you know, buddy, buddy with the mom and the, the kids were all playing and having a good time. And I noticed the dad had um, a photographer following him, but, you know, I, I knew he was kind of somebody I knew, like he, was, he had a familiar face, like he was almost famous, but, you know, I didn't want to bother him. He was, you know, having family time and stuff. So once we got out of the event and we got into the uh, gift shop, I asked him if he was, fam- you know, if, if he was somebody I knew and he said, yeah, I'm a singer. And he ended up being uh, the lead singer of Florida Georgia Line. So we got to experience the ice event, kind of a VIP uh, with the lead singer of, of, of Florida Georgia line. So it was, yeah, it was a cool little experience. Just kind of a small world happenstance thing. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time. So we, we had a good trip and just kind of recouping now. So that's pretty funny that you just happened to be doing at the same time as him and whatnot. So yeah, definitely got the money's worth. So (laughs) I got the money's worth. Yeah. Yeah, and if you ever are, just for anyone out there, if you ever are in Nashville in the wintertime, that is definitely a, a huge, like, young kid uh, event. It's, you know, they make all these crazy ice sculptures, and you walk through it, and it's really cool. So, awesome. Justin, how about you? I know you you were kind of joining him for the wedding and everything, right? Yeah, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that sums it up, right? That pretty much sums it up. So, I went through 10 states, 2,300 miles driven, and probably 1,200 flown in the last two weeks it's been a lot of a lot of moving man i um i went to chicago um my company uh had us up there for some training on some 
some different products and some other stuff. Uh, we were there for the week, came back. My wife was in Tampa. She was leaving as I was getting in. Um, and I got to, I got to have a boys night or two with my, my son, you know, and, uh, partied hard. It was, it was a good time. Now we, we had a good weekend and my wife got back Sunday. Um, she kind of had some rest days, honestly. And, uh, Wednesday, uh, I, I drove from here to Tupelo to my, my parents' house, picked them up, drove to Nashville, met with Brandon and his wife and his kiddos. Uh, we went to dinner, stayed the night, uh, drove to DC the next day. Um, went to Harold. Uh, he's also uh, just backstory. Harold uh, has been my best friend since kindergarten. I brought him home um, when we were kids and he's been our brother ever since. So um, got to DC, did the wedding. And then the next morning drove to High Point, North Carolina for my cousin Laura's wedding. Uh, she married a, a gentleman named Evan. He's a hunter. He's a, he's a country boy. I like him. He's, he's perfect for our family. Uh, my uncle Jerry, God rest his soul. He, uh, he would have loved, loved Evan. Uh, so it was a beautiful wedding, uh, stayed till eight 30, got on the road, did shifts with my dad, slept while he drove vice versa, uh, drove from high point, um, to Atlanta, to Birmingham, to Tupelo, got in at three 30 in the morning, slept till nine, uh, got on the road, drove six and a half hours to Lafayette, Louisiana. And then I have been just nonstop since I got back with clients work. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot, but it's been great. Um, we got set up for Christmas, as you can see the, the Christmas tree. I was about tree. to say, you, you committed Good. a cardinal sin of prior I'm, to Thanksgiving. No, that is Christmas. not a cardinal sin. It is my son's first Christmas and you better bet your butt. I'm going to put him everything <laughs> out there and, and just show him what's up. Cause we are a Christmas family. Uh, my right. wife, my wife loves her, her favorites Thanksgiving, but I, I'm one of those people. I want the cheer as long as I can have it and the lights. I'm I'm a freak for it. So well, yeah, it does look it. it does look pretty good as your backdrop, I must say. So. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's uh, I'm a just little, betting a little bit I'm... more festive than my you know, little <laughs> plain wall back here. So I'm it's taking good. I'm taking bets on how long it's going to take your kid to crawl over there and pull that tree down <laughs> because he just started crawling. Just for those that yeah, don't did. Know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did. And he's not just crawling. He's crawling over us and he's standing by himself now. And I'm like, you know, having a little mini panic attack. No, he's, he's great. We're, uh, we're really excited. We're gearing up for some some friends to come over. We're having a big baby shower for some friends. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, things are good, man. I, I cannot complain. Life's life's coming quick and I'm finally getting some rest. Uh, the last thing, last bit of travel I'm doing for the next few months is uh, going to see the family again for Thanksgiving. Uh, Very so cool. Nice, but yeah. Good deal. That's it. That's it, man. Awesome. Dustin, how about you, man? How the last uh, couple weeks? And I'm with you guys. If uh, You can't put up that stuff until after Thanksgiving. So we're going to wait till next week and then we'll put up the tree and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Justin, you're, you're breaking the rules, man. You're too soon. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rebel, brother. You know like- that. <laughs> So we got hit hard by Hurricane Nicole. Okay. And yeah, she came in hard and fast. I hadn't uh, slept through her. Well, I tried to sleep. We didn't sleep at all. Um, I guess it wasn't really a hurricane. It was a category whatever storm. But it was it was nasty. Um, and they locked us in at the hospital. Um, so we had a couple of days there where it was just nonstop. You know, any kind of stuff that came in, we had to be there for it. Because, um, of course, you still have people in the hospital who are sick and need surgery. Yeah. So. We were in there making sure they were uh, getting taken care of. So that was my uh, 
my hurricane time was hanging out and, you know, making sure all those patients were good. Um, but uh, it was, it was crazy hearing the wind and, uh, you know, it. um, man, Nicole came in and gave us quite a blow job. I was pretty impressed with <laughs> that setup. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. No, it, it, it's really I'm funny. For it. oh, man. <laughs> Dustin's like, Hey, Nicole, Dustin, Dustin go night, night, go yeah. night, night. <laughs> Yeah. Don't say it. Don't say it. I gotta say it. Yeah, I gotta say it. It's pretty funny. You gotta say it. That is pretty funny. Uh, oh man. Trees. Um, we had uh, Daytona Beach just uh, north of us got wrecked. Lots of destroyed mm. houses. It was pretty rough. Um, so I felt very blessed that uh, you know there was some damage, but nothing too crazy. I had a lot of yard work to take care of afterwards and all that. But everyone's safe. No, no injuries or anything. So we made it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that was my excitement. Yeah. For the week. I love you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you survived the uh the experience um, thank you <laughs> yeah. Dustin's out there with an american flag like uh, yeah. we're gonna get uh we're gonna get demonetized before we even start so awesome okay well cool cool we're, we're glad that you're all safe of course and uh um you know hopefully uh the rest of the area is recovering as well so um I uh, forgot one little announcement too. We were going to initially, I, I think it was announced at the end of the last episode, we'd be talking about a book called Endurance um, about uh, Shackleton's expedition to Antarctica and kind of that whole ordeal. Uh, we're kind of having to put that one on hold because uh, just scheduling conflicts with our guests that we wanted for that episode. So that will be happening um, at a to be determined date yet, but probably in the next couple of weeks here, we'll get that one done. Um, so tonight, my dad is in town um, and I, you know, I asked him, Hey, do you want to do the podcast with us? And he said, absolutely. So um, yeah. So here we go today. Um, so quick note too, Dustin is swapping to his computer cause it was doing an update. So he'll be right back. But um, yeah. So uh, dad, I guess first, why don't you just introduce yourself? So that everyone kind of know a little bit about you and you know, where you live and what you do and all that kind of stuff. And then we can kind of take it from there on, on tonight's topic. If that's good with you. Okay. I'm George's dad, Steve. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've known him all his life. Uh, <laughs> that never gets so, old. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I, was, I was born in a log cabin that I helped my father build. Um, you know, walked through the snow barefoot, uphill both ways to school and, in Wisconsin. And, you know. you um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was in Tehran, Iran as a child, riding the streets of Tehran, Iran in my beat up bicycle but anyway that's uh, ancient history obviously um no um well you live in the northwest i live in uh over the river from portland in vancouver washington um and uh yeah um i, I have a window cleaning business so i just work a man by day and then i'm a, a classical musician at night and on weekends, I play French horn. Uh, recently played in the orchestra backing up The Who. Nice. And uh, you you guys, please tell me you know who The Who is. Of course oh, we yeah. know who The Who okay. is. Okay. You need to tell your... Because yeah. I, I was at getting my eye, my yearly eye checkup recently, <clears> and the like 23-year-old technician gal, she was great. She was really knew her stuff. She was very friendly, talkative, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going from machine to the next machine to the next machine. You know, anyway, oh, you know, oh, so I noticed on your, you know, notice on your chart here, you play French horn. I, I don't know any horn players. And so what kind of things do you do? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, two nights ago, I played for the Who. And she's like, 
that? <laughs> so I, I was like, okay, I got to pull this one out. You know, I don't use like to brag, but you know, and then, so anyway, that kind of deflated me, but, but it was, it <laughs> Those was dang zoomers, man. It was a blast. Uh, how do they not know who the who is, man? Yeah. So anyway, well, and you even were like, well, haven't you like seen CSI? You know, they use it as the theme song. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, that's exactly, that's actually a really yeah. good point. Cheated. No, she no cheated. clue. Just, anyway, yeah. So, okay. I guess I guess we're that old now, guys. That but, we yeah. are that old. Yeah. That's um, okay. So that that was one thing. So and then, anyway, well. I, but you also played last year for. Well, it, it's, it was like three years three ago. Three years ago. Played okay. for for Weird Al. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like some Weird Al Yankovic man. Too, so anyway, so yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I, I get I play in the ballet and the opera and. Broadway shows, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, cool. it's, it's, it's been a fun career. I mean, I was in Vienna, Austria, playing with the Vienna Symphony. Ooh, and wow. That's where George was born. He was born over there. Um, so, really? uh, yeah. I and you know that. And you're not. You're Jacob, so I anyway, so, um, yeah. So to segue into where I'm at now or whatever, I don't know. I'm just out here visiting, you know, I had, yeah. I had a little downtime from, from my window cleaning. It slows down in the winter and, and I had a little break. I just finished up an opera and back in Portland and got a, got a few days here. So I just wanted to come out and see George and Brittany and, and obviously Raylan too. So yeah. Grandpa time. Yeah, oh, and I, forgot, I don't even talk about like, you know, I've been traveling. I think I've traveled every single week since you guys did the last episode. Yeah, I was traveling during that one, man. and I've, I've been going, go, go with drill weekends in between. And so you got here Wednesday, midday, right? So I had – Afternoon, I, afternoon. Okay, I got a call, like, late last week. Um, I got to add Dustin, sorry. Um, welcome back, Dustin. Hey, thank um, you. You guys hear me okay? Yep. Yeah, I'm hooked. Welcome good. aboard. Perfect. Uh, All right. <laughs> So I got a call like late last week, like Friday. Hey, George, you got to go to this conference, book all your stuff. But I was like, um, cool. cool. Well, my dad's coming. So that's not great. But, you know, I called him up, said, no, take care of your job. So anyway, uh, I had to really go suffer out in California to Ritz Carlton. It's really miserable. So horrible. Um, <clears throat> I got to meet Brett Bear, uh, <laughs> who is actually a really good speaker. Um, yeah. you know, he does, he's not just like a reporter. He, he was really good at telling stories. He was actually really entertaining. I was laughing pretty much his whole speech. He does a good Trump impersonation. Oh yeah. So maybe we'll get to those at the end. I'll, uh, yeah, he, he, he it's played golf a couple times huge. with Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> when he was president and, uh, and th those stories are pretty <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so maybe at the end of this, when we're kind of just winding down and having some fun, I'll, I'll get into that one. But Again, God, I wish Andrew was here for that. Oh. oh yeah, Andrew, believe me, he would do so good. Yeah. Believe um, me, I'm the best. Right. <laughs> so we'll get to those at the end, but uh, that was kind of anyway. So he got here. My wife, you know, scrambled down, picked him up after getting Raylan from school, and then y'all had some good time without me. And then uh, <laughs> last was it yesterday? The days are all today's Friday, right? Yeah. Okay. So yesterday I flew back. You know, first thing in the morning out of LAX, flew back. Drove home. We basically immediately got changed and ready for the. Uh, we're, we were going to a hockey game that last night and. Go Preds. I basically got home, dropped my stuff, changed my clothes, picked Raylan up from school, right back to Nashville. So I just literally back and forth. And then uh, we went to the Predators game and it was probably one of the best hockey games I've ever seen. It was 
like the Preds start off, they scored in the first minute, like 63 seconds in. So everyone's like, yeah, you know, like right away. And Raylan That's was awesome. just losing her mind. It's their first hockey game. And um, and then it was like a total shootout, just goal, 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 like all over the place pretty much. So it ended five to four. And uh, that was a pretty awesome experience to take my daughter to her first hockey game. And it was my dad's first NHL game. So we kind of two really? birds on stone, but he also got to be there for it. So that was like a really cool oh, night. NHL is so good. Man. I was super exhausted, but I'm really glad we did it. It was tons of fun. But yeah, thank you. Uh, we, we were up in the nosebleeds and it didn't matter. It was, it was super fun. So, and then here we are. So now we're, uh, we're spending our quality time together on, on the podcast now. And um, I've rambled long enough. So I think what we'll do is, uh, you know, I'd ask my dad if he'd be okay kind of talking about um, the topic of divorce and being a divorced dad and kind of navigating all of those challenges and, um, you know, still doing everything you can do and should be doing to, to maintain a relationship with your children through that. Um, and I know that there's probably a lot of dads out there in that boat. You know, personally here on this podcast, we have friends, mutual friends even, that are in that boat right now. Um, and it's a very difficult situation. And so, Mm-hmm. Dad, you've been gracious enough to, to be willing to kind of share a little bit about that. And, um, you know, obviously, I think a lot of people would love your your input and perspective. And and hopefully we can help, you know, give some some dads out there some helpful advice, because I'm, I'm sure that, well, I mean, statistically, at least half the dads out there are in that boat. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there, there's a high number of people that could probably benefit from it. So Absolutely. I guess I'll just briefly summarize so we can kind of get through the history of things quickly. And then I'll let you take it away from um you know, the dad who actually went through it all. So um, I was 16 when uh, my my mom and dad got divorced and it was very messy to say the least. And uh, just a lot of, a lot of um, you know, kind of manipulation uh, to put it lightly. And, you know, so now, now fast forward, well, geez, I'm, 34. So it's been almost 20 <laughs> years. Um, you know, I, we, we both obviously have a lot of perspective looking back and, you know, I've unpacked a lot of it and everything. And, um, but, you know, long story short, I had an estranged relationship with my dad. Um, you know, I was very angry and a lot of that anger was honestly unwarranted. Um, but I let that kind of get in the way of having a relationship with you. And, you know, here, here I am on the other end of it. And then thankfully we've rekindled our relationship and, you know, you are one of my heroes and I love you very much. And I'm really, this is for me, I was awesome that you're, I'm doing my dad podcast and I get to do it with my dad. Um, amazing. but you know, we lost like a decade or more, even like 12 years of, of having a close relationship. And, um, you know, a lot of that was the fallout of, you know, you didn't deserve that, you know, and, and in hindsight, I didn't deserve that either. Right. And so um, there's a lot of pain there when you look back and realize that you lost, you know, what could have been a lot of really good memories. And so we're going to make up for it moving forward, obviously going to hockey games and stuff, but um, that's kind of the situation at, at a high level and, you know, to, to, to just not get into all the details. Um, that's kind of my perspective on it. So, I'll turn it over to you and, um, you know, just, I can only imagine the immense challenge and frustration and pain that you felt, you know, being essentially 
unfairly estranged from all three of your kids. And um, I guess just if, to start, maybe can you just share some like high level advice that you would have for dads or maybe you just recently in that situation and kind of their world has just been turned upside down. And, you know, what are some things that they should focus on uh, for now and then maybe for later? And, and we can just kind of have a free form discussion. And if you guys have questions, go ahead and we'll just kind of take it from there. Yeah, my first advice would be uh, try and if there is any sort of um, reasonableness on both parties, try and work it out mm -hmm. without having to pay high priced lawyers. <laughs> uh, as much as you can, if there is, if you are able to dialogue with um, your soon to be ex, um, do it. Yeah. Um, I, I was not afforded that option. Um, and uh, it was, you know, complete, it was, you know, restraining order and which is, you know, unwarranted. Completely. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I also had an expectation that, that the court system would, would somehow figure this out and, and it would be sort of a 50, 50 kind of thing. No, it was, you know, 99, one, you know, um, and um, after many thousands of dollars and months of, you know, I, I felt it was, worth fighting the restraining order because you know i felt like this is totally unfair you know like i'm not a criminal or anything there's no there hasn't been any violence you know i don't own a weapon you know i mean you know it was just kind of over the top ridiculous honestly um mm -hmm. but that was a waste of time and money too because judges don't don't the courts aren't really set up to really get into all the nitty-gritty and sort things out it's just um side with the mother pretty much, you know, and she gets the kids kind of a deal. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, through slick lawyering on, you know, from the other side and my lawyer not really f fighting the battles for me, like I thought he would. I mean, my, my parenting time got whittled down to, you know, very minimal. Um, I mean, it was like once every two weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so wait, I mean, and then all three yeah. kids together at a public place so like Jesus. for two hours so like what do you do with the high schooler a junior high son and then a, a elementary school daughter mm -hmm. i mean you know what do you do in two hours in a public place i mean it, yeah. you can pretty much just meet for that subway for a sandwich and that's about it right so and, you know it sucked for them obviously anyway my advice is don't rely on the court system <laughs> If you can work things out, work it out. Obviously, if you know kids aren't involved, it's a much easier deal, you know. Mm -hmm. But with kids, it, it is a lot more difficult. Um, I, you know, it. The things I think I did well, as painful as it was, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I didn't talk badly about their mother in front of them when I had had them for that two hours. Mm -hmm. It was just about me spending time with them. It wasn't about me being bitter, me trying to plant seeds to turn them against their mother or anything yeah. like that. On the contrary, I, I always encourage them to have a good relationship with, with their mother, especially the youngest George's um, uh, sister. She, she had her, she had her, run in with her mom and, and you know towards the end of high school and she did kind of seek me out at that point and like you know i hadn't really talked to her for two years because my parenting time had got interfered with con con continually um 
but um, I still encouraged her. It's like, you, you know, you know, I understand that your mother's difficult. You know, that's, that's why I'm not married to her anymore, but <laughs> you still need to try and have a good relationship with her, mm-hmm. you know, that's best for you now and long-term, <laughs> you know, to have a, a good relationship with both of us. I, I encouraged that. I didn't try and turn her against her mother now that I was the one that she was wanted to mm-hmm. be near, you know, closer to. Um, and, um, I guess the other thing too, is I didn't, when I was, when I did get some individual, individual time with each of the kids, I didn't try and pump them for information about their siblings mm-hmm. or anything else. I just, I kept it one-on-one. This is our time, you know, not try and feel like they were, you know, they were messengers in any way right. of, of trying to, you know, well, tell tell your mom this or tell whatever. Right. It was just, you know, so, you know, I guess that, that would be my advice. Um, yeah. And I mean, if I can just add in, I recently read a book called Hero on Brandon's mm-hmm. recommendation by uh, Meg Maker. And she, those, those two points that you just made about, you know, don't, don't bad mouth uh, as much as you may want to never, never do that bad mouth uh, your ex. And then, like you also said, don't don't like use the kids as go-betweens or anything. And she, I mean, she's helped thousands and thousands of people who've been through that scenario. And in the scenarios where that happens, it the the kids are the ones who lose ultimately in the end. That's the hardest. I think that's what you have to. Yeah. That's the main o- overall thing is you have to think what's best for the, for mm-hmm. the child, not for you. Yeah. It's going to be painful for you no matter what. Sure. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and I just had to come to the realization. And it was different for all three of the kids. I mean, George, George reacted in anger initially. You know, he wrote me a three-page letter, and you know, it was pretty hard hitting. I it wish I could rip that up. Tough. Well, I didn't save yeah. it. I know, okay. you know, you're just acting out of emotion. You know, you're putting a position. <laughs> I was like 18 when I You're a teenager. Yeah, yeah. It was 16. You know, it was. Okay. Yeah. So, and you know, his brother, I, he he. He always, I, I always sensed that he wanted to have a relationship with me. His mother made it very difficult and I think guilt tripped him for, for wanting to spend mm-hmm. time with me. But, but, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he, I didn't get that anger from him. I, I got that, you know, dad, I want to have a relationship with you. Um, and, you know, and, but with, with, uh, George's sister, the youngest, I mean, there were two, 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 two year periods early on um, in, in like junior high and then actually later where um, I didn't see her at all. There was no communication for two years. And, um, and um, you know, and I, I guess I, I just realized at that time, you know, I just have to trust God in this. Um, my, my, my model from the, the Luke 15 in the Bible uh, of the prodigal son, the, mm. it broke the father's heart, but he let the son go. You know, the son is essentially saying, you, dad, you're dead to me. Give me my, my inheritance. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. you know, squandered, squandered it all away. And, you know, it seems like in a very short time and hit bottom. Right. And said, you know, even, even the servants in my father's house live better than this. I'm going to humble myself, go back had this big long speech prepared right and uh but it said that the father 
was looking for him um, and saw him coming a long ways off and ran to him to meet him, embraced him, restored him fully as a son, didn't didn't hash over, you know, why did you do that? You know, mm-hmm. you have to earn my trust again. No, it's like fully restored. You were you were dead. Now you're alive. And let's let's enjoy this and move forward. And I I, I held on to that. And and that was just what I just was convinced that this is this is the way it's got to be and will be. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of people telling you, oh, you know, just just hang in there, just have faith and, and it, it things will work out that, you know, they'll know. And it's like, oh, I know that's really easy for you to say. Well, well you know what? They were right. It, it, I think time just. Uh, I think time alone doesn't heal things, but doing the right thing over time mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Actions, actions yeah. heal things. Yeah, and so, so I, I actually had that moment. She, she reached out to me. Um, I, I was remarried. I was had moved from Beaverton, Portland side to to Vancouver, and she had, she you know had some emotional things, and I think I think there was some manipulation too from her mother when she had the baby. And um, my my sister had a child. Her her son is about the same age as my daughter. Sure, for contact. Anyway, and so when that happened, I think there was just a lot of emotions going on, and, and her mom turned her against me somehow in that scenario too. And um, but after a couple of years, she did seek me out, and so she did come over to my place, and I was I was out. On my, you know, on my front doorstep, looking for her coming down the road because I wanted to go run to her. Yeah. You know, I, just, I don't know. To me, that I, I've held on to that, and I still get choked up every time I read that in Luke 15. But, um, but you know, that's God. You know, that's a picture of God's love, obviously, for us. And yeah. and uh, um, and a dad's and, love. And a dad's yeah, yeah. But he's our heavenly Father. You know, that's how Jesus yeah. told us to yeah. pray our father who art in heaven. And so mm-hmm. that, that is, yeah, that, that's gotta be our, our, what we model our love off and it, and it's a giving love. It's not a selfish love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, what's best for you, not what I want <clears throat> kind right. of love. And, um, so, um, yeah. Um, I, I, and I do believe that. So yeah, I, I, I was, I was, convinced this especially with Janessa that it, it this could take 20 years uh, I was resigned to that but I wasn't going to give up on that mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, it it took two years so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take that you know yeah. over yeah, 20 yeah. years yeah. so much better <laughs> yeah yeah so um um you it, know it's... God definitely God definitely was in it I mean it, it was yeah. a struggle the biggest struggle in my life the biggest the most painful thing emotionally um financially it took its toll too <laughs> um absolutely and uh but um but god saw, saw me through it you know he kept me healthy to be able to do my manual labor job through that my window cleaning mm-hmm. business and sure. provided and, and through my music career as well and and um and you know i i, I do believe that my parents prayers fervent prayers for me uh saw me through that as well and so mm. um yeah, I mean, with without that support, I mean, and that that faith, you know, to to hang on, even though it looks bleak, you know, 
um, yeah, I, I don't know how I would have made it through to the other side. And, you know, God, right now, I mean, God has blessed me beyond measure, you know, and a lot of that does have to do with, with uh, my wife now, who, who does, you know, she just, she, she's, she's, she's an awesome woman who is just the love of Jesus steady is as evident in her life, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, yeah. and it's just to be around someone who mm -hmm. you would describe as joyful. There's very mm -hmm. few people you would actually use that term to describe yeah. them as joyful. 100%. And I think that, I think joy is really that, that's, that only applies to Christians. You know, if you're not a Christian, you have, you can be happy. You can mm -hmm. be very satisfied self you know very content uh but joy is just i mean that's a it's a the fruit of the spirit of god's spirit in you right. you know in, in spite and, of circumstance yeah right? exactly it doesn't mean everything's hunky-dory yeah happiness even if yeah it's an even if, if. yeah happiness is based on what's happening you know mm -hmm. the good things are happening yeah. so you're happy um you know, you can have joy even in, in, in the midst of a difficult situation or, or, or God's peace, too. You know, it's different than a worldly peace, which is just tolerate, you know, mm -hmm. you know, two warring sides. They have a peace treaty. Well, they don't love each other. They're just tolerating each other. That's not really peace, yeah. you know, right. whereas uh, a godly kind of peace is it can be in the midst of the storm. Even. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, forgiveness um, so, and uh, grace. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, I, I've had I had to deal with the forgiveness thing, too. You know, it's like. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, um, unforgiveness is like, you know, you're wanting them to drink the poison, yeah. but you're the one that's really drinking it, you know. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and that's a process too. I mean, it's not just a, a one time, okay, I forgive you. Right. I forgive you. Right. It's, you have to continue to do that. But, you know, I mean, Jesus was able to say to the people crucifying him, Father, forgive them, you know. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, so. I have a quick question. So outside of, of giving and receiving grace um, and learning forgiveness in the whole situation, what other things did you do that were kind of self-care things for you to get through besides leaning on God? Were there like, did you go to the gym? Was there something that specifically helped you? Did you lean on family? I mean, because there's some guys that might not yet be saved and I, I kind of want them to be encouraged or have coping mechanisms as well. Um, I... You know, I, I mentioned the work that continued to be steady for me, being mm -hmm. self-employed. I mean, I needed every dime. So you, I guess you could say I was kind of a workaholic, but I, I saw that as I'm, I'm, God's providing this. I need to, to bring it in, you know. Um, I, I enjoy my work. Um, so I'm thankful that God did keep me healthy and keep the work flowing at mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was an escape. I think it was out of necessity, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I had had something to do work-wise that kept me busy. And also, you know, I had a day job and an evening weekend job, which I also enjoyed my music, mm -hmm. French horn work um, mm -hmm. in the Portland area, you know, and, and that helped with extra income as well. So um, no, I mean, I, 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 I did go back to, you know, like some guys buy a motorcycle and stuff, you know, I, I, um, I took up disc golf, played a lot of disc golf and, nice. you know, okay. I was able to, I guess, I got a know, buddy's pro and some, he's uh, very good. Sean Portia. Yeah. So <laughs> he's awesome. I, I, I loved it. I was never really that good, but I still no, love going out. You were pretty good. And, um, uh, so he's, he's being modest. 
I did that. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't hitting the bars, you know, I wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I didn't enjoy being single. I always wanted to, you know, <clears throat> find the right woman, but you know, it, it you got to be the right person, not just mm -hmm. find the right person, yeah. you know? Right. Um, and, um, yeah, so I played disc golf. Well, and you know, I, I got a skateboard again, thought I'd, mm -hmm. you know, I always wanted to, I never really had lived near a skate park, you know, as when I was in junior high teenager. And, uh, so I got myself a good skateboard and there were a lot of skate parks in, in the nice. Portland area. And so, you know, I, I was a wannabe, but I tried there too, you know, and, but it just gave me something to do that was pretty much free. Mm -hmm. Wasn't spent a lot of money on, you know, an expensive hobby or so I can, you know, I didn't have the money. So, yeah, but, well, um, yeah, I mean, and I, and I did stay plugged in with church. I mean, mm -hmm. um, although I kind of had a, a crisis with that too, where I think when I, when the ship initially hit the sand with, you know, getting slammed with the separation, divorce and all that kind of stuff, restraining order and not seeing my kids, you know, the whole thing, I, I, I did kind of have a, okay, God, I'm going to be all in for you. I'm going to do everything I can, you know, uh, read my Bible, be involved in men's groups, uh, you know, just serve at the church however I can. And I didn't actually come out and say this or even really think it, but obviously I had this wrong expectation that if I did devote my life solely to God, that in two years he was going to put my life back right. together. So I'm right. like, okay, so who's really God here? I'm telling God how to do this thing and mm -hmm. the time frame of it. And <clears throat> instead of really trusting him, and, and that actually led to some frustration with my faith yeah. in, in the midst of this. And so mm -hmm. that was sort of a difficult thing I had to work through and realize that that's not really, you know, that's not really faith. When I'm trying to tell God how to do his job, you know, I, I got to be humble and just, and wait, be patient, yeah. right? It's it's so hard to to not have to fall into that performance trap where your your faith is works based. You know, well, if I do this, he's going to do that. It's like, no, it's just like the father in, in Luke that you're talking about. No, he's open arms. He's like, look, just lean on mm -hmm. me, man. I just yeah. I love you. And I just he's gentle yeah. and lowly and humble about it. And he's not vicious. And it's like it's it's a uh, man. I, I suffered. I think suffering is such an important thing for our growth and. And for me personally, when I suffered, I did the same exact thing. So it's it's refreshing to hear that other people's suffering grew them. So um, what yeah. other ways did suffering wow. grow you? Uh, I, I think you have to realize um, we don't, some of our suffering is, is self-inflicted, are <laughs> um, sure. just dumb mistakes, right? Uh, bad choices um and other you know other other people can be you know i mean obviously broken relationships are, are an example of mm -hmm. that you know relationships can be the source of greatest source of joy and happiness mm -hmm. and now use those two together which that's okay too right, right? they're both <laughs> yeah they're uh they're both good um but um but they can it, you know relationships obviously anyone who's been divorced um you know, they could be the greatest source of pain too. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there's that there's stuff you can do yourself. There's stuff others can do to you, but then there's just life. I mean, life is, you know, I never promised you a rose garden. Right. right. I mean, 
it's got to rain sometime and sometimes and i mean that's just life i mean i i think i i did actually try at a time it's like okay i'm gonna pretend that there is no god you know and just i'm not gonna do anything stupid i'm gonna be you know wild and crazy and go up the deep end or anything but but i'm not gonna go to church i'm not gonna read my bible i'm just just gonna live life the best i know how right and you know i tried that for a while and, and realized that you know what there's the same problems are still there the same struggles are still there so why not if you have a loving father who wants to help you through it it's like you saying no leave me alone i can do this i can tie my shoes well you know when you can't you know and so you do need that help and, and take it <laughs> you know so I, I think i think that's that was one of the big realizations that i through the through the struggle that that i had to hit that you know, yeah. to give up my self-reliance. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to like make a, a couple quick points just to make sure it's really clear. And then I think Justin had had another question for you. But so for first off, you know, as as your child, there was no like abuse or any of that kind of stuff. And I'm not just saying that like I'm we're, we're way on the other end of this right now. I've got a lot of clarity about my path. I've done a lot of therapy, a lot of therapy. <laughs> um, and you know so I, I have a very clear reflection on what really went down so you know the fact that there was a restraining order in the first place is absolutely ridiculous um you know there was there was just a lot of you know objectively speaking looking back the situation you're put in is like beyond justifiable on any stretch right there there should have been like an equal parenting plan it should have been like a mm -hmm. you know week to week type of thing or whatever right some more balanced arrangement um so that's number one i just wanted to be very clear that like this isn't a situation where you know i was like abused and there needed to be some restraining order and that kind of stuff um and then the second is um for dads out there who, you know, maybe you are in a similar situation like my dad where your kids don't want to see you right now or they think they don't want to see you or maybe your spouse is just telling them all kinds of lies or whatever, right? And for whatever reason, they're not willing to, to meet with you right now. Um, they're going to grow up and they're going to like reflect on everything too and hopefully they do their own work and, and kind of come to that conclusion quicker. But if you do like what my dad said where you're not adding you know poison to the equation and kind of telling lies or whatever yourself and trying to manipulate they're going to eventually grow up and recognize that and like that's what happened with me is when as i started processing through my own crap in my own life um and you know i honestly came to a point where i started to feel like this immense it, it just dawned on me one day like wow like my dad wasn't able to have a relationship with me because of all that and I just started feeling an immense sense of empathy. And that was kind of the impetus for like when you came and visited me in Texas, um, what, five, six years ago now, that I was just like, I can't believe I've allowed all these years to go by where we don't have relationship. And so, you know, I said, dad, I, I just, I'm sorry that I've let this, you know, wedge be between us. And I just want to have a relationship with you again. And I don't know when in everyone's situation is different, but, um, I think if you do endure and you do keep the faith and do like what you said to not to to remind yourself on focusing on what's best for your children, eventually there will be restoration. Um, and, you know, it, it becomes very clear to a certain point, right, where where the 
the unfairness was and who was doing it, right? Like, I don't need someone to tell that to me. And, um, you know, so I genuinely want to have relationship with you. Um, you don't have to like convince me about it or anything, right? Like I came back to you saying, you know, there, there was no, you didn't like beg me to have a relationship again. I, I had come back because I had realized all of it on my own. Um, so I just want to make that kind of maybe, you know, uh, maybe that's the last like string of hope for someone out there. Um, but I hope your kids kind of come to the same conclusion that like I came to and, um, well, I guess really all three of us have, um, um, now. So just want to make, put that out there. And, uh, and then the last, sorry, last thing is dad, just thank you for having the courage to share an extremely painful subject, mm. um, with us and to be transparent about it. And, uh, I'm really proud of you as my dad, because uh, it takes it takes a lot of courage to to come on here and, and talk about this. So I want to get that out early before I forgot to. So, all right, Justin, you had a question, I think. Uh, it's not so much a question. It's uh, I'm about to unpack a lot. So stay tuned with this. Um, I've been through a divorce. Uh, and I'm actually going to talk about it for the first time without somebody in a therapy session. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to unveil everything to you guys. So, uh, I've, I've kind of a silver tongue guy. Um, I'm quick to, to be able to kind of finesse things, but this is something in my life that I was not able to finesse. Um, I had to be a blunt instrument for the first time in my life. And it was, it was a big change. Um, and, and the reason I say that is divorce. Let me just go ahead and be real with anybody who's going through divorce. It is extremely terrible because you, what people don't realize about divorce is that the guys like me who were in a situation were in a toxic environment with a toxic human being who gaslit them, who did things that are horrible or did things to the children that are horrible. Thank God I didn't have children with this individual. Um, it, it's hard for me to talk about because it's so frustrating because I let myself get in this situation. But then again, what people don't realize is when you are going through a divorce, before you go through that divorce, you are the loneliest you've ever felt. You are in a relationship and you feel lonely. And it's horrible. And I know that because I've lived it. And I can't imagine what Steve went through with kids because I love my son so much. And just thinking about like what he had to feel on the inside internally, it's, it was a lot for me. Um, I'm a Christian, I believe. And to touch on something you guys said, um, I, I found God in a way I never found him before. I was closer to God during my divorce because uh, situationally I had a lot going on and my brother can vouch for that. Um, financially, it hurts. Get ready. It's not easy. Unless you can be amicable and agreeable and just figure it out, which I highly, highly, highly suggest, like Steve said, talk like adults, deal with it like adults. Be very careful who you let into this situation. Um, there was a girl that I was involved with after uh, separation and uh, cared very deeply for her. And lost it because of this situation. 
and I struggled really hard with that and uh, the threats towards that individual. Um, it was it was <laughs> an extremely trying time. Um, so as a father now, I would have to say the one thing that I, I heard that resonated with me in this whole conversation was not just sticking to faith, but stick to who you are and try to be the guiding light for your kids. Because if you can be that calm, cool, collected person who is always just, I'm, I'm going to be relaxed, no matter how toxic, no matter hor- how horrible the situation is. Not only does God want you to do that and be the better person, if you're the better person, you can feel a lot better about it moving forward. Uh, because you're going to know that your kids understood or that will understand one day, like George has, this is my father. He actually stopped and like thought for me instead of himself and said, hey, look, I'm going to be the bigger person, regardless of how crappy this situation is. I'm going to I'm going to be the person who is level headed, who's calm, who's cool and collected. And that is my best advice please, please, please do not let your emotions get the best of you because it is ugly. And I almost suggest that you take the gloves off because which, what else was stated was that fathers in the eye of the law are not seen in the right perspective. That is 100% true because men in general are not seen. And, and this may piss some people off and I really don't care. Men are in the eyes of the law pretty small. Women always win. So if I have other advice, and I hate to give this advice, but be as ruthless as you can be when it comes to gathering information, getting what you need to build a case, because let me tell you, people are smart, and they will do whatever they can to manipulate and use information against you. And I know this because it was used against me. And I was naive enough to think, oh, well, we're talking it out. No. Do yourself a favor, especially if children are involved, get all the information you can gather, keep every record, keep everything and keep others out of your life until you get this resolved. That's, that's the best information I can give you. And then trusting God. And like Brandon said, there are outlets besides God. If you're not a believer, great. I became an absolute running junkie. I listened to music and I ran probably three miles a day and I became a workoutaholic. That was what saved my mental state. It, it, it just helped me a lot. But I, I'm just telling you, and I'm not going to lie and sugarcoat it. It is the hardest thing you will ever do, 100%. Uh, because it's financially stressing. It's mentally taxing. It, it, it starts affecting you physically. Um, you could be a person who gains weight or loses it. But I lost a ton of weight going through my divorce. Um, it's It's just... It's a lot. And, and I'm sure Steve would want to respond to that because there's a lot to unpack with a divorce. It's, it's terrible. I think you were going to say something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like what you said. I, I really agree with that. Just be careful who you share with and what you share with who you share with. I mean, you do, you do need a safe person to share with. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can just stuff it all, <clears throat> but um, you got to keep things very close to the, to the best. Um, I, I was too naive. I think, you know, um, 
I, I think my, my there my honesty was used against me many many times <laughs> i wish i would have just not been honest about that you know i'm not encouraging lying but i'm saying don't don't share information you don't have to and make sure that it's with only a very trusted mm -hmm. person or persons um when you are going through that where the legal stuff still needs to be worked out yeah yeah this is why uh you know basically every book we've read so far on relationships is always like encouraging to not get to divorce because <laughs> there's it's like nuclear fallout you know it's it's, it's brutal it doesn't clean up and he's quick. absolutely right you know uh the person who caused me the most grief and gave my ex-wife a case was uh someone who i considered a very close very long time friend and and i still don't have any respect for him to this day because of it that's yeah bad. So all that yeah. being said, not all divorces have to be that toxic and that right. nuclear. Um, yeah. There are plenty of friends, 100%. relatives that I know that are divorced and were able to amicably figure it out and right. may not be friends or, you know, want to hang out with each other, but they understood that for the, um, especially for the sake of their children, um, that it wasn't worth having those kinds of toxic, horrible situations. And I'm so sorry that both of you went through that. Um, unfortunately, you know, that does happen with a lot of divorces, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it sounds like in your guys' cases, it was kind of inevitable and you do have to be careful with that. But, um, you know, for for you guys out there that have a chance to have an amicable relationship with your ex-wife, um, do that. <laughs> you know, every situation is a little yeah, bit different, 100%. but yeah, I mean, like the, the you know, your ex-wife like, is not necessarily your enemy. Yeah, the term is uh, like co-parenting, right? It's uh, absolutely yeah. so like that, that if, if you are going to get divorced, that is obviously the goal is to have a balanced and equitable um, like co-parenting plan for each other. For the sake of the kids. For, right. For the kids. Right. <laughs> of kids are, mine is coming yeah. in. She's getting paper for arts and crafts. So very nice. Yeah. I guess bedtime. No. I 100% agree with that because yeah, I, I have some friends who went through divorces and it was nothing like what I, what I went yeah. through. But I always tell people, err on the side of caution, hire an amazing lawyer. It's worth the money, I promise you. And and make sure that you understand. You that feel the opposite. Expect, right? expect I, I, the worst. I paid 250 an hour for my time. <laughs> he didn't do squats. So, you know. Yeah. It's, I don't know. You, know, you I, never know until you're in it too far, you know. At least I didn't. Yeah. I was in yeah. It too far. No, I get that. So, I just say expect the worst and, and, and hope for the best because – it's it's a crap situation <clears throat> any way you shoot it really is there's yeah. no good way around it uh it doesn't feel good you feel guilt about it especially if you have um you know a religious background like i do and i'm, I'm the only male in my family and my generation uh, of all my four brothers or my three brothers excuse me of all four of us that uh is divorced it's not easy man um it, it weighs heavily on you and the best thing to do is have friends or people that you can trust that you can unload on. And, and I'll actually uh, give kudos to George. George uh, was a very, very great guiding light for me through this. Um, through hell, the whole entire relationship, George was always that person. That if I needed something or I needed to unload something, I could talk to George. Um, and, and Dustin, Dustin was there as well. Uh, just not in that same sense. He, he was there more as, you know, uh, um, a friend that would, you know, get me in trouble and make me laugh, but, um, uh, with hurricane jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> horrible jokes, uh, inappropriate timing. You know, that's just who we are, but 
it's I would say surround yourself with the people you know and love that you truly 100% know you can trust because it, it just friends don't trust friends. Trust the people you love uh, because the people you love will always be for they be there for you and they're always going to have your back. Like uh, Brandon and my family, they were 100% behind me. Uh, you know, Harold, the one I went and saw got married. Uh, he and my father were the two that really had conversations with me that led me to my decision to better my life for myself and not just deal with it. Uh, and it's not an easy decision to make, but I, I would also give this last piece of advice before I let you guys take over. Be very, 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 very cognizant and cautious of who you choose because you need to know how they react in terrible situations and in situations once they know that they are locked in and, and legally with you because things can change very, very quickly. Um, that's my only piece of advice. Just know this person 100%. I think one of the things that I would say too, just with any trauma or pain, if you're needing somebody to speak with, absolutely seek therapy. Um, it's such a stigmatized thing, but therapy is a professional that has done this with hundreds and thousands of people that, that can take you through your pain and your trauma in an intelligent, safe way so that you process your emotions correctly. Because if you don't and you stuff it down, it that and the bitterness and the, the, the unforgiveness will just absolutely eat you alive. So I would suggest, as with any pain, absolutely seek a therapist in situations <laughs> like that. Um, such an important thing because men think they have nobody to turn to and you know, they've been taught their whole lives. You can't cry. You can't do this. You got to stuff it down and be a man, you know? And it's like, no, go seek somebody who can help you emotionally sift through the stuff properly. So I would recommend a therapist personally. I, I've never been through a divorce, but I've been through plenty enough trauma to tell you that, that therapists, they work, they're, they're, they're legitimate. So I would a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. Excuse me. Uh, I saw therapy and it was, it was awesome. It really helped me out a lot. Um, 100% suggest that. Uh, and, and don't let other people tell you that it's not something you should do just because like Brandon said, there's a stigma around it. Who gives a crap at that point? You really have nothing to lose. <laughs> Honestly, you don't. Yeah. Well, and I if promise. you get, if you go to one and you don't like them, just go find another one. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. There's, well, there's they so might many be options. telling you what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear, though. That too, a hundred percent. I think at some point, hopefully sooner than later, you you'll realize. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't think. Well, you have to look at it maturely and think. Okay, why did this marriage not work? Mm -hmm. Was it really one hundred percent their fault? was I contributing in some way? I, I think we can all, even if it's a 99 one, you know, that there, there was something that I need to learn, you know, well, 100% there is something you need to learn from this. Even, even if that's um, just to, um, you know, move slower and, you know, check things yeah. out before you fully commit or something like yeah. that. I, you know, there, there's, and, and chances are there's, there's more to that. There, there are some life lessons to learn about yourself through it. And, you know, that's not your first reaction. Your first reaction is just survival, you know, to get mm -hmm. through the trauma. Yeah. But, it, you know, it is helpful to have 
you know, a lot of churches have it like a divorce care kind of stuff too, where you're going to get some good advice. It's not going to be one-on-one counseling, but it would be also from a biblical perspective. And so what, what are healthy relationships really all about Mm -hmm. and what is real love all about and not the world's version and, and um, yeah. And, and working through things like forgiveness too. You know, because that can can continue to eat away at you even when you're legally free from right. It's a poison. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, I agree. You gotta you gotta have some form, some either qualified support group or you know if you can afford it and have and have time, uh, an individual counselor. Right. That. But again, you've got to um, you have to be man enough to face what your mistakes in that right. too. And, you know, with, with the goal of not repeating that. Um, yeah. 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 And if you get half a heart, you're going to feel guilt about the situation. Um, and, and like you, you said, that's actually a really good point. I mean, you, you're, you're going to realize you're going to take a look internally and be like, I did these things. That's not who I am. That's not my character, but you're going to learn from them 100%. And, I think for me personally, it was how I reacted to toxicity, how I let myself react, how I let myself lose control and and get frustrated and angry mm-hmm. and upset enough that I would raise my voice or my tone because that's the number one thing I hate people doing to me is raising their tone or voice with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's, it's something in my current marriage that like I've set that bar. I'm like, please don't ever raise your tone or voice with me because it's, it's something that is traumatic to me. It is something that I do not like. It, it does still bother me um, even to this day. And I'm still dealing with that, but it's something that like he said, like Steve said, uh, these are things you look internally and you're like, I have these problems. These are my problems. They're not on anyone else. I'm choosing to react this way. I'm choosing to be this person or I'm choosing to act in this you know, direction <laughs> So I would say use that, use it, um, use it in a smart way, because I mean, you can grow so much like Brandon was saying, how much do you grow through trauma? Failures, like Steve Harvey said, failure is the best thing you can do uh, because you do learn so much from it. Um, and, and you learn what you want and you learn what you don't want. And that's one thing I will say that is good about divorce. You know what you will never put up with again. And you know what you are going to look for in other individuals. Uh, so there's a, there's a silver lining to everything and, and positivity definitely helps on the end side of things because, um, there is hope. Um, funny story. My dad joked, cause I was in medical sales. He's like, you're going to marry a doctor, you know? And guess what? <laughs> I married a doctor. No, no jokes, but, uh, I ended up finding the love of my life, you know, in the, in a situation I didn't expect at a time I did not expect. I was not thinking anything of, uh, you know, looking for a serious relationship. And then I met Ainsley, my, my wife, and uh, she blew me away, you know, and there's, there's always hope. And there's always, like Steve said, um, there's somebody out there that can, can really alleviate the pain for you and uh, can, can kind of bring you back to where you need to be. And, and my suggestion would be do that yourself. That way you can love that person fully. But at the same time, you know, it's it's nice to have somebody in your corner when you're dealing with trauma, uh, because as long as you deal with it in a healthy way and you actually deal with it, you can have, you know, 
a great relationship moving forward. So there's, there's hope for everybody. Don't let this be something that you think is just the end all be all because you're not going to see your kids ever again. You're not in the same relationship you were in, or you're not comfortable. Mm -hmm. Be uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable is great because it means you're growing. Accept that. Be excited about the fact that there's new endeavors ahead of you and that there's a new path for you to take that, you know, whether you believe in God or not, there's something that he's provided or that, you know, you yourself, if in your own mind has provided. So just take that and run with it and and don't let, don't let, you know, the negativity bring you down because that's something that can happen very quickly in a divorce. Um, That's just my, my two cents. Well, I mean, the stakes are high too, right? Because it's not just your life that is at risk there, right? The the rest of your life, it's the, the damage from it can continue on, right? To your children and then potentially their children. So like you have a chance to kind of bring it back away from that decline. Um, if you can't endure. So I'm, I'm glad you did. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) To, to, uh, you know, not let it just keep continuing. So. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, for all you dads out there that have made mistakes, you know, and maybe the divorce was deserved, maybe you made a mistake and you know it, um, you know, you can come back from that too. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, maybe your wife is right and you were wrong. Right. And, and if, if you can come to accept that and admit, okay, you know, there were, there were some mistakes on my end, become a better person for that. Your kids will appreciate that. I apologize to my son three times a day, (laughs) you know, uh, he'll fall and I wasn't watching him. Yeah, right. Exactly. I know that was supposed to be your cookie and I ate it and I'm fat now. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You know, now I can't run after you because I've I've gained the weight. Um, So I think, uh, I think a lot of a lot of us as dads maybe were taught that you can't make mistakes and that you have to look perfect in your children's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I I've learned that that is the worst thing to do because then your your child won't know how to apologize and how to recognize that it's okay to make mistakes. Um, our mm-hmm. our job as humans is to make mistakes <laughs> and to learn from them yeah. and to try to you know to be better. Um, and so you know if you can come back from that um, and you know, teach your kids that, yeah, you know, I, I made that mistake. This is, this is what happened. Um, and it's okay. You know, your kids will forgive you for that. Um, you know, I've, I've seen that time and again with, with relatives, with friends, um, where, you know, they were finally able, you know, maybe after months or years to, to look at it from a different perspective and say, Hey, you know what, this was on me. <laughs> I really didn't think it was. And now that I've finally had the, you know, um, some hindsight, I realized I made a mistake. And uh, that I know for me is is one of the best feelings in my marriage when I'm so angry and I go, I did the dishes perfectly. What is wrong with you? And then a few months into it, I look at it and I go, I really didn't load that dishwasher that well. I can kind of see my wife was a little bit irritated. Let me go apologize to her. Or I did the dishes, but I did nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all I did. All I had the day off and that's all I did was the dishes. I didn't even do them that well. So, you know, to, to be able to recognize yeah, I made that mistake and to give that up and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about that for your kids, mm-hmm. your wife, um, you know, for any of that, that's a, that's a great feeling. And that's, that's a huge load and burden, you know, off of, off of me when I'm able yeah. to do that. And as guys, it is so hard for us to apologize. It is, you know, it's just one of those things where you don't want to do it. Right. You say, oh, I'm right. And, and when it violates your personal narrative, um, quick bit of psychology, that's really interesting. Um, gamblers they've done fmri studies on their brains um and it shows that they're actually happier when they're losing money than when they're winning 
It's really interesting. And the reason is it violates their personal narrative of how the world is supposed to be. So if I'm a gambler compulsively and I go to the casino and I lose, that makes me feel right and vindicated because the casino's out to get me. Everything's unfair and I'm correct. And so even though I lost a bunch of money and maybe, you know, it's a bad situation, I'm right. And that feels really good to be right. Mm. And then when they win, they feel terrible because, well, maybe the casino doesn't hate me and the world isn't unfair. And I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. So it makes them angry and they're actually less happy than when they lose. Um, so, so don't be that compulsive gambler. Don't be that loser. Let it go. Forgive, <laughs> you know, and admit those mistakes and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be much happier. Yeah. Stuff, stuff, the self-deception and the pride too. Yeah. A lot of people self-deceive and, you know, if, if everybody in the room's telling you you've done something, you might want to actually look at yourself and make sure you haven't done something. But a lot of people, they'll, they'll be so prideful. Nope, it's not me. It's them. Mm-hmm. It's them. It's them. It's like, no, own yeah. your own stuff. There's a book Jocko Willink has written, uh, Extreme Ownership. He talks about just owning it. Even if, even if, you know, you're not the person that directly did it, if you had some kind of leadership role or responsibility role in it, you got to own it. Somehow, I'm so guilty of that. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Pass the buck. <laughs> we're all guilty yep, of it. Yep. I mean, yeah, the, the yeah. whole I just work here, man, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I want to bring some hope to some of the the fathers uh, that that may be going through a divorce. Um, so, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question, and and it's something you're probably going to have to take a minute to think about. What is a absolute positive that you're thankful? that you went through what you went through that brought you to a place of peace or happiness, or that has brought some, something positive to you, uh, through this situation. I mean, I, you know, I got to give God credit. You know, I, I really feel he was working behind the scenes, even, you know, even he's, you know, the sun still shines even on a cloudy day. It's just, you can't see it because of the clouds, but Mm -hmm. it's still there, you know, it's still there. And Mm -hmm. even when I had difficulty seeing it, I I now see um, later that, you know, he he would, he was working, he was orchestrating things. He was seeing me through this, giving me the courage for each day. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, George mentioned it earlier. I mean, there was a time when I, I, was estranged from all three of my children basically and didn't have a chance to really have have um relationship with them and didn't even know when that was going to happen right and and to now be at a point where where i do um have relationship with them and the grandkids now too mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you, I mean, you know we, you plant seeds in life and and you know it takes time for them to to grow you know, yeah. and produce the fruit. And, um, it's not, it's not a microwave. It's, it's a crock pot, you know? And, mm. um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I gotta give God all the, all, all the credit. Um, you know, uh, but right now I'm just tremendously blessed, you know, and I guess having <clears throat> been in a not good marriage to be in a really, you know, to be married to just an amazing woman now mm-hmm. that just affirms me in every way that I need, you know, the way I'm wired that, you know, I love verbal affirmation and I get it, <laughs> you know, um, and blessed in pretty much every, every other way, you know, that finances mm-hmm. restored and just, you know, but mostly it's just the relationships that have been restored that, you know, it's just, I, I at one point didn't, 
didn't know if that would ever happen. It was it certainly mm -hmm. wasn't a guarantee, you know. And so now I appreciate that so much more. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I'm blessed. That is so awesome to hear. Yeah, I think but, that's for me, like I want to emphasize how important it is for, for marriage counseling and to be equally yoked. Um, the Bible says to be, be equally yoked uh, with your partner and they, you know, iron sharpens iron kind of concept, you know, if iron, I mean, hits work wood, out. <laughs> yep. if, if iron hits wood, it, it, it blunts, it dulls, yeah. you know, whereas if it hits iron, it sharpens. And so, when me and my wife, we took what, 12 years, maybe 15 before we got married. We waited till we were out of college, of course, high school sweethearts, whole nine yards. But like I, you know, we looked at everything from both of our faults and we made sure that we were the right people for each other um, so that we didn't have to face that, that terrible, nasty thing that, you know, 50% of all marriages deal with, which is divorce or separation. So, but yeah, uh, equally yoked is, is a great is is a great thing to to look for um, when you're picking a partner for you guys that are looking to to get married. So. Yeah, um, I wanted to go back to what you just said, Dad. Where uh, you know what's better now uh, through the experience, but. Um, is the concept of legacy, right? And this is something as men that matters to us. And it's not necessarily how many kids you have, but it's, you know, what, what impact are you going to have on your children or those around you, you know, once you're gone, but, um, you know, through this, you have the opportunity to still maintain a, a legacy being proud of or, um, or restoring it to that point, um, by, you know, keeping faith and enduring and, you know, fighting to reestablish relationship if it's been broken, um, you know, that, that will have legacy effect for future generations even. Right. So mm -hmm. in, in the midst of it, that's probably really hard to even consider. Right. But, um, you know, I am proud of where, you know, things are now. And, um, you know, I always will be proud of that now. And so it's not just your story anymore, really, right. It'll, it'll affect me and it'll affect Raylan. Right. And, um, you know, you can, that, that legacy won't just stop abruptly because mm -hmm. you die or something that, you know, that will have an impact, um, far beyond that. So, um, you know, maybe that's a little thing out there that, might get you a little bit of fire in the belly if you're kind of in, in the midst of a difficult situation like that too. But, um, and, and again, Dustin, you brought up earlier, maybe, maybe they don't all have to be this way. Right. Um, definitely work out something amicably, but if it is difficult and, and you're really struggling, um, that long-term battle and struggle is worth it. Um, it may take a long, long time, but it is worth it. 100%. So I got a question for Steve. What is it like to be a grandfather in comparison to being a father? Because I, I look kind of towards my future and think about my kids having kids. And I don't know, it's just such a, a cool thought process, but like you're actually experiencing it. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Um, 
I have to interject before you answer. Raylan <laughs> loves Grandpa Steve. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. Normally Smart she's girl. all about dad and you know she wants to do everything with me. When he's here, I am chop liver. She <laughs> I love it. Like, she asks all the time when you a little gut check again and stuff. So mm-hmm. um <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, the 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 grandparenting aspect of my marriage now. Because my, my wife, she's five years younger than me, but she had two grandkids <coughs> before I had any. And um, I guess it's something we didn't really discuss too much. We just, mm. you know, um, and now we have a total of 10, you know. Wow. Yeah, from 14 down to one. Jeez. And um, honestly it's been the biggest struggle of my now marriage is our our grandparenting styles but i've i've just realized that you know i gotta be me um they'll they'll appreciate me for my qualities and they'll appreciate her for her qualities um she she's a giver she's she's a spoiler and i'm (laughs) kind of the one that they need to you know there are some <laughs> you know, if you make a mess, clean it up. Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of yeah. the, the guardrails, the Godfather. You know, so I'm having to be in that position because my my wife, I'm, and I'm very surprised that she is so lenient with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm ha- having to learn too because in my grandparents, when I was growing up, so my experience with grandparents is they live in another state. Mm-hmm. I see them at the house, you know, for Christmas or Thanksgiving, probably not both. Um, I even lived lived overseas as a kid for a while, so I only saw them like every other year for a couple of weeks, wow. you know, at one point. So I wasn't used to my situation now, where all of them, except Raylan, unfortunately, um, live cl- close enough by that they will actually pop in for dinner, <laughs> um, you know. And then awesome. if that's a, a day where I just had a long day at work and and I've got to get up early and do it all over again the next day. It's I don't necessarily want the loud and the messing messes and the, you know, all that goes with it. But, you know, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, if there's no ox, the stable is clean. Wow. In other words, you want an ox because that's how you're going to, you know, tread the grain and, or pull your, pull your yoke or your plow in the field in order for you to produce what you need, but there's going to be poop. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be, there's going to be messes. Right. And so I've, I've had to learn that. So I, I I think finally I'm, I, I I do better one-on-one with the grandkids Mm. than trying to appease the whole group because then there's the sibling rivalry dynamic and I don't, do well with policing us. My wife's an educator. She works with yeah. she knows how to she knows how to redirect and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I'm just kind of a straight shooter. And so uh, you know, so I, I have a lot to learn as a grand grandfather. But I mean well, you it, have a, you have a lot of step grandchildren too, right? So it's, yeah. it's more than you're probably ever expecting to have anyone right, right. Right. And uh so um Anyway, you know, they're all, they're all their own person. And, and, you know, it's to try and lump them together or Mm -hmm. whatever, or, you know, or compare them. Oh, you're, you're just like uncle Chris was or whatever. You know, it's like, no, no, don't brand them. You know, they're, they're, and my wife tends to do this, you know, it's like, oh yeah. You know, 
it's like, no, they're their own little person and we got to mm-hmm. treat them as such. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it, it's, it's, I'm still learning that. I'm still learning how to be a good grandfather, but I mean, this is Raylan's amazing, you know, and just to have the one-on-one time with her. And, and uh, so that, 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 I think that's where I shine <laughs> as a grand, grandfather, just uh, being able to do that. But um, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> I can't even remember now, but. Oh, I was just saying, you know, how is it, how is being a grandfather different from being a father? Yeah. I mean, perspective wise too, it's, it's, you realize that, you know, when George is talking about legacy and, and I'm not, I don't think in those terms necessarily, but I, I, I for me personally, but I think is, is part of what God's doing in his kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, planting seeds, my plant parents planted seeds in me that took a while to actually grow and mature and, you know, I'm still growing, I hope, but, but now I see, you know, a hundred years from now, no one's going to care that I played French horn in the Portland opera or <laughs> I had a window cleaning business. They're going to, you know, the only thing that's going to last is the lives I've invested in, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that is, it is a high calling and, and, you know, it starts with praying for them, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then, you know, when you're with them, it's, it's enjoy, enjoy every moment, you know? Beautiful. So, and be present. Be present. Yeah. 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 Hey, what, what a good concept. Yeah. I, I wish I, I had a mug that said that. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> the Godfather Steam. Yeah. I, you know, for me, for me, uh, it, I, I love so much watching her be so excited to see you. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it gives me joy. Yeah. Like, I, I benefit from all this happiness and fulfillment. And I don't right, Grandpa Steve. I want to go play this right, and like I feel good about you know. So mm-hmm. it you have the opportunity right to to just it spills over to so many other people right. If if you are invested in that relationship as a grandparent mm-hmm. um, and take it seriously, because you know I uh, you know me and Whitney too. We we absolutely love coming to visit you, and it, it's always a. Um, you know, it feels restorative in a way that, you know, it's like a little haven when we're with you guys uh, up in Washington and, um, you know, Raylan is just so thrilled. And so, that, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, your cup overflows, right, is the, mm. the expression. So not to answer Brand's question because I'm not a grandparent, but <laughs> as, as collateral, you being a grandparent, you know, it, mm-hmm. it even impacts me in a lot of really great ways. So, um, yeah, it's just have me back in about three years where a couple of them are teenagers and then ask yeah. me how I'm doing. <laughs> well, one of the grand, not to go off a total tangent here, but he's how old now? Like 14, Katie? 14. Yeah. And he's like, what? Six. He just turned 14. He can dunk a basketball. Mm. He's, yeah. he's like 50 pounds bigger than me. And yeah, he's six, three. That's not hard. Taller. <laughs> doesn't have my genes he's an absolute monster so just yeah i mean he's he's a he's a man with a kid's face it's crazy that's crazy <laughs> he's a, yeah so there's there's a very wide cast of characters in, at the the hayworth home up in up in the northwest so nice yeah sorry kind of we're going off on in the weeds now but dustin will never be a grandfather because he lives in never never land because he's captain hook 
I think you're going a little too heavy on that, Justin. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I smell, hey, I smell what you're stepping in, though. Yeah. yeah. I see it. I see it. Especially when he smiles so that big. The problem, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the one. Uh, right. I freaking I, love I'm it. Pretty sure it's he's handsome. We can't we can't yeah. deny that. No, I just got to give him help. Gonna, he's trying to give you a compliment. I'm going to go on a list <laughs> and say that Dustin is a lot bigger than Dustin Hoffman, though. Right? Well, I wasn't thinking Dustin Hoffman. I was thinking like Hugh Jackman times like two or three. I mean, he's big like that. So I was going to give the guy some credit. But you know, whatever, Dustin Hoffman, yikes. not no, the same. You're I'd, I'd like to bet a hundred dollars. Do my Rain Man impression. Go, Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, no, yeah, I, I, um, you know, a lot of guys think about legacy, and and that's something you also should think about. Um, if we're going back to the topic of divorce, uh, you know being the bigger, better person and, and doing the things that are harder to do and choosing the route that is hardest, um, is, is what, you know, makes you exceptional. Um, you know, diamonds can't be made without pressure. So just Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Uh, just tough it out because, um, you know, one of the people that kept resonating in my head when I was going through a divorce was, God, it's the craziest thing. David Goggins. I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff he says, but uh, uh, David is a hardcore dude. And um, I actually, Dustin, you sent me a, a video recently. I uh, showed uh, Elon Musk and, and a bunch of like famous people landing on Mars. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is, we're the first people on Mars. We're about to take our first step. And then David Goggins runs up and he's like, I just ran 30,000 or 30 million miles, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's David Goggins because he's like, don't be a little bitch. Excuse my language. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, you, you've, you've got to take everything with a grain of salt. You have to uh, stay humble and just kind of deal with it in your own way. Um, you know, people can give you all the advice in the world. But at the end of the day, um, you, you have to stick true to who you are and try to just just continue to be who you are as a as a father uh because you know situations like this it's easy to lose who you are it's easy to show yourself as somebody else to your kids be that guy that they know you are like steve he stayed the same amazing person he was had faith and and continued to show up that's all you can do uh, even if the situation's absolute garbage and there's nothing you can do and it puts you in the worst light, as long as you're consistent and you are a good person, you're going to come out on top. And that's just what I want some of these dads to understand is that no matter how crappy, and, and I know we've we've reiterated on the fact that it's it's sucky going through a divorce, you're going to be okay and so are your kids as long as you continue to try to be a present father. Mm-hmm. try to be there yeah. try to always do what is right show your kids not through words don't promise them the world just show them show them the world because mm-hmm. action speaks so much louder than words and and Absolutely. you know you know these manipulators and these 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 people who are going to take advantage of you in situations they can talk 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 all they want but unless they're walking the walk 
it's different. Right. It's not what's you know what caught, I mean? it's what's caught. Hmm. I actually haven't heard that before. Really? Yeah. I just made yeah. that up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Father and son say, uh, You know, he said Steve, welcome person. to the podcast. No. Yeah. <laughs> George, you've been replaced. Uh, I've been replaced. Okay. Uh you know, it doesn't say amazing person. You're a lot more amazing now since you just recently played with the Who. Yeah. But I agree. you're a lot cooler now. So I totally forgot to let you lead with that at the beginning right. about yeah, so you should... half the population doesn't know the who. Well, yeah, now. so let's who? educate it right who? here. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> T- tell them about the yeah, it was about oh. two weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah, it was October twentieth. They were playing at the uh, you know, the big arena in Portland, and uh, I was just part of the pickup band that got hired to to back them up. So it was a lot of fun. And then you were like two days later getting your yeah 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 so i'm i'm getting my yearly eye checkup <laughs> and and the the technician um young lady i think she said she was 23 um you know which seems really young to me now that i'm almost 60. but anyway really um you know me. she you know we go from machine to machine and she was really good at her job and, and you know very talkative and stuff and said you know asked me they must be on my chart or something that play horn you know french horn and oh i i don't know any was anybody who plays french horn and so what kind of things do you do? And I say, well, as a matter of fact, I just played for the Who a couple nights ago. And she was like, what? What's that? <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. You're, I guess I'm not as cool as I thought You I were was. thinking, like, you're like, ah, I'm normally kind of humble about this, but I've, I've got this real great one now that it just totally didn't mm-hmm. land. And, yeah. So, yeah. anyway. But I guess if you said she'd have been like, oh, my God. Yeah. So. yeah, if he said he played with Cardi B, they'd be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh. what we're having the podcast so that kids start, uh, you know, growing up with better, you know, uh, principles. So they'll appreciate better music. You know, that, that's really Absolutely. one of the outcomes that we're trying to accomplish. But yeah, if he just said anyway. Metallica and when I was a kid, I would have lost it. <laughs> Yeah, for so, sure. Or black uh, any black. other final questions from you guys for my for my dad here? Whoa, I feel like I'm on the spot. You are on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I think closing thoughts one. and then talk a little bit about the the next episode. Um, Justin, do you have any questions? Uh, um, as a Green Bay Packers fan, um, how do you feel like you can give back to the world for your mistakes as a, a Packer fan? Is there we a, beat the Cowboys uh, last? Is there something you could do? Hey, hey, oh, hey. I hate it. I was so bad. <laughs> Keep it up, Joey. We may be bad, but we still beat the Cowboys. Keep it up. Right with the Keep world, it up, bro. Yeah, you walked oh, into that man. one, man. So much pain. <laughs> the pain is real, dude. Thanks for that, Dustin. Thanks. So, Steve, what's it like having a daughter named George? <laughs> hey, in today's day and age, that's he might not. He might. Oh, he might yeah. Be mean thing, but he's not a girl. So. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm gonna throw up. I'll be back. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, I guess to, to to start the closing thoughts again, Dad. Thank you so much for. Um, one being willing to do this and then having the courage uh to to be very candid about um you know a very difficult and painful thing and um you know i we, we try to keep it very honest here on this podcast and just be genuine and i think that that will resonate with people who who uh you know find this episode and especially if they're in a similar situation um you know hopefully this is a uh you know a gasp of air when they feel like they've been drowning and uh 
So I just, we're thankful as, as a podcast. And then I'm also thankful as your son for, um, you know, you committing and, and in, enduring through and, you know, in all the growth and, and uh, both in your spiritual uh, walk and then in, in your life. And that, uh, you know, I have a great example to, to work through any challenges that I face to, to live by. So thank you. Love you, son. Um, I love you too. And, and uh, guys, thanks for having me on. It's yeah. been a real honor. And thanks, hopefully, Steve. something yeah, I no, said helps awesome. somebody at some point down the road. Yeah. So, uh, Y'all's relationship's really, beautiful. Really <laughs> respect what you guys are doing. Um, this, you know, guys are, are not, this kind of goes against, you know, our, mm-hmm. our, our natural thing of just isolating and you know, mm-hmm. being, doing our own thing. You guys coming together and, and talking about life, you know, and doing life together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's amazing so i'm proud of, proud of all of you guys thanks well thanks i'd say for my closing thoughts um most important thing is to seek god god's love mercy grace forgiveness all the good things um and he makes no mistakes so um just just lean on him and i want to leave you guys with a quote um i saw a picture of a roman soldier holding a shield up against a bunch of arrows and his arms just shattered and broken like he's plaster and it said there's nothing stronger than a broken man who has rebuilt himself and so for the guys who are falling apart and who are are breaking into pieces just realize when you um, rebuild yourself that you will be um, stronger than anybody else in the world because you've you've been to the worst so just hang in there Absolutely. Um, I, I'd have to say my closing thoughts are this. Uh, Brandon, you failed me. Logan, I love you. Um, I got to give my I got to give my kid brother some serious credit. All joking aside for Brandon, uh, you know, him being not present. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke. You're present. Um, Logan, my kid brother said this to me. And I'll never forget to the day I die um, when I was going through my divorce and I was really struggling. I said I was a runner. He said, uh, Justin, the one thing I can tell you is, you know, when we have the traumas we have in life, he goes, know that I love you and just keep putting a one foot in front of the other. And I took that so literally. I got on a treadmill and I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And it was the best thing I ever did in my life because I saw confidence in myself it gave me time to reflect. I listened to amazing music that, that was mine. Uh, I get running, you know, Forrest Gump. Um, and uh, it was, no, but, but seriously, like, it just gives you hope because, you know, people tell you, they say, you know, there's a guy and, and a horse. There's a story about a horse and a man. And, and the guy's talking to the horse and he's like, well, you know, how do I, how do I get to where this destination is? And the horse asks me, says, well, you can, you can see your next step, can't you? And he says, yeah. He said, well, just keep taking steps. Keep taking one step after the next. And that's all you can do. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. And that's the best, best advice I was given. Um, just keep taking step after step and realizing that each step you realize you're okay. And that you're going to be okay. That's that's what I want to end on. Dustin, closing thoughts. 
Sounds good. Steve, great to meet you. Um, I'm so happy to see that uh, you guys are best friends and it's just awesome to, to see you two yeah. together. And um, hopefully we'll get to uh, meet in person one day and hang out. It'd be fun. Love Absolutely. That. We'll have to make like a, we'll have to get like a, a present father's uh, reunion thing set up. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. A convention in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anywhere, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to find a, a location to make that happen. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. I like it. All righty. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. He's not scuba, Steve. He's tuba, Steve. (laughs) 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 If I had a tomato, I would throw it at you. Well, multiple times. That joke of the day. Now, no. Wow. It's very punny, my friend. Jeez. That's All a, right, George, please take us example. away. Please take us away. Okay. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne insult my dad. With, with um, it wasn't an insult. I love your dad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, no offense taken. He's definitely the better musician of the two of us by far. Uh, <laughs> I'd agree. Yeah. Um, no, that's definitely not a question. Uh, okay. So for our next episode, we will be uh, – having a it's brandon's guest uh who uh is i think his name is john and john michael mm-hmm. runs a program called the family captain is that what you mm-hmm. said yep the family we'll, captain. Uh, yeah we'll have him as our guest and we will be using the book endurance as the basis of that conversation focused on leadership um, and using that example of through extreme trial and tribulation how the different members of the crew kind of rose to the challenge and maintained uh their leadership and um ultimately got them all through alive right and uh so brandon tell us a little bit about your guest um and we're still working out the the uh scheduling so it's kind of tbd in terms of the date yet but it will be coming soon so basically uh john michael um he has his he pastors a church but he's also um running a a basically a coach program called the family captain where he teaches men um to be on fire with their women um that you know god gave us sex as a blessing and that that uh, if, if you lead your family right, you know, your sex life will be great. And he helps incorporate that into your, your marriage concept. But he has some, some really beautiful things about different legs of leadership and how to lead your, your, um, your ship, you know, your, as the captain. And so uh, there's a lot of great points there. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited to have him on. He's, he's a great dude, um, very uh, faith and Christian based uh leadership program that he runs and it's it's a beautiful thing and he has some really cool stuff that he does with his kids that he posts about and uh, i think we could talk about that a little bit too if he's interested so but yeah it's, it's gonna be a great episode um the book true story absolutely incredible probably one of the coolest stories you'll ever read so i definitely encourage our listeners to please 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 read it um yeah. it just really shows you how far the human um person can can endure things if they just they they have good leadership and they they keep going after um things that they're, they're set for so uh once again thanks everybody uh appreciate it. thank you mr steve uh again we just appreciate you being on it was it was wonderful so thanks so much yeah you guys are great all right fellas all right well it yeah. looks like uh it looks like justin crashed or so I, I was wondering if he was why he kept making that face i think he froze so um yeah um Endurance is the name of the book. I forget the author's name, but it's it's literally just endurance. So if you find it, and uh, the it's about the story about Shackleton's expedition 
unbelievable. I mean, the whole time through it, I was just, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, it can't get worse for him. It just kept getting worse over and over and over. And they just still <laughs> found a way through. And it's just an incredible feat of survival, really. But yeah, so. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Stay tuned for the next episode about endurance and leadership. And uh, again, Dad, thank you. This was awesome. And you, uh, take care, everyone. That, that'll do it. Yeah. So we'll see, ya. see you guys. Thanks for watching this episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. Please be sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and turn on notifications so you can know when we go live next. Also be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and our Discord channel. It's our desire to grow this fathership together and support dads out there. If you think this channel would be beneficial to someone you know, please share it with them. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.